This is the POV Hamilton podcast, where we're sharing the Hamilton, Ontario point of view from businesses and entrepreneurship to life sciences and education to arts, culture and media. Hamilton is thriving and there are countless stories to be shared of the people, businesses and organizations making it happen. Here's whose point of view you'll be listening to today. I'm Amanda. I'm the co-founder of Boardball. Boardball is a new sport that we created that aims to lower the barriers to playing volleyball. Instead of hitting over a traditional net, you're hitting onto a portable compact board. You can think of this as like volleyball meets spike ball. The game is played 2v2, is competitive, dynamic, and provides a new way for players to use their bump set spike skills anytime and anywhere. Boardball was created as a complete hobby in a squash court. For a while, we played with family and friends just on weekends and weeknights. And really, it was because of the pandemic where we were forced out of the squash court, where we had to kind of build a makeshift prototype. And we didn't really know we were building a prototype at the time. We were just solving a problem that we had. And the day that we brought it outside for the first time, we actually went viral on the score media. And that day, people started asking, what's board ball? Like, where can I get a board? So naturally, we incorporated that night and got to work. So after going viral in the summer of 2020, we really started to like put our heads down. We ran a Kickstarter campaign and built a completely new product. Now, since then, we've actually taken about a year to actually develop the product and find sourcing and, you know, set up logistics and all that fun stuff. And so we actually only launched our business online September of 2021. So about a year ago. And within the first month of launch, we actually sold in over 40 US states, all Canadian provinces. And we really started to see it take off. And that's when we went kind of full throttle on, you know, all things content related and events and tournaments. And now it's just become a complete community where people are playing the game and playing the sport that we created. It's been really exciting to see how people have really leveled up the game and like take it to a whole new kind of like competitive space that I never thought would be possible. I mean, if I were to play anyone in boardball today, like there's no way I'm, I'm that good anymore. You know, we've brought on actually like two Olympic volleyball players to our founding team. One of which is like a world beach volleyball champion. We see recreational uh, players come out. We see competitive players come out. It totally depends on kind of the tournament that we're running, but really what's cool to see is that you know, it's played by all different levels and it's played in different environments and you kind of just play however you want. That's what we love about it. The community aspect that has built around boardball is arguably my favorite part of kind of this entire journey, just seeing people come together, trying something new, having fun and literally playing a game that you created as a complete hobby and now taking it very competitively and wanting to, you know, do a redo or a rematch or replay that play. And it's, it's really cool to just see how people are so invested in this new sport. I actually grew up playing a lot of volleyball, and so I've always been connected to the sport. But as I got older and as I started my career, I went into marketing. So I kind of stepped out of sports and really went into like the business side of things. As a marketer, I think you become naturally a bit of a storyteller and you like to brand things and you like to give it a kind of a background and and build like a story for whatever idea you have. And boardball really was that opportunity for me. It was a complete hobby, but on the back, and I was, I was creating like a story around it. And I just wanted people to like play the game and say, hey, I'm playing boardball. I never really envisioned it becoming a business. But 
once I saw the demand and once people started asking me, like, can you solve this problem? Can you make the boards? I was like, okay, maybe, <laughs> maybe let me try. And so, you know, coming from a marketing background, like I was fortunate to actually have some of the skill sets required to like set up like content, set up websites and things like that, set up analytics and all of that stuff is great. But where I saw a lot of struggle and I saw a lot of um, opportunities to really grow was around the logistics, sourcing, developing a product. It's not like I'm an engineer. Um, and of course, our, our concept is simple, but I'm sure anyone out there creating a product, it's never that simple. You know, add one thing and suddenly it's a whole new process and a whole new price point, everything you have to consider. So I'd say like the challenging part was really piecing that side together, the operations together to actually create a board and, and mass produce this. Like it wasn't really a, a, a quick setup for us. It wasn't like, we're going to make 10 boards and see how it goes. We went for a thousand boards right off the bat, you know? So that was kind of like a cool process. It was kind of scary. Definitely took a few leaps of faith, but it, it's netted out positive. So I'm really happy with like kind of decisions we've made along the way so far. So Boardball is really in its full year of operation now, selling online on Shopify, selling on Amazon, Target, Walmart, and the likes. Um, and we're really, we're seeing traction and that's the, the great part for, for us so far, where we see a lot of opportunities expanding our marketplace. So right now we're only really servicing the US and Canada. We get inquiries in Australia and Europe, and we just want to take this game globally, really uh, alongside bringing our, our concept out there. We want to expand our product line, offer more things for people to engage with boardball in different way different ways. And I think that that's kind of in our roadmap right now. We're definitely working on some things um, over the next couple of months to really release new ideas and release new concepts. Um, and yeah, ultimately, it's a new sport. It's a new concept. Uh, while there are other competitors and indirect competitors in the space, they've really like carved the way and like created and growed, uh, really grew the category to what it's become. And so you know, companies like Spikeball have really paved the way for like what we could be as well. Like, you know, these tournaments, these leagues, like that's the fun stuff. People love to play the game, but people also really love to play the game with other people. And so I think that's really where the opportunity is going to be, really expanding our marketplace and also cultivating a community that can actually engage with each other more frequently and play a game that we just, we all love. I'm right now in the Forge program, which allows us to, you know, connect and network with other like-minded individuals. And we have mentors and Lion's Lair was a part of that ecosystem. So I've already kind of heard about it. I've definitely seen great companies go through the pitch program. Now, I don't ever do pitches. In fact, this is my first pitch. <laughs> I'm quite nervous for it, but I signed up just sort of like being advised to. And I thought it was, okay, cool. Let me try it and put myself out there. And step out of my comfort zone. I didn't really think I would actually get in and I didn't think I'd even get to the finals, but you know, three months later after like a lot of structuring and feedback and ripping apart my, my ideas and my pitches, like, you know, we're here now. So I think it's been a really great opportunity for us, um, especially for me personally, just personal growth and development to really get out there and really talk about your idea on a big stage, um, which is going to be a new opportunity for boardball. I think that my advice to anyone aspiring to start a business or become a founder, become an entrepreneur, is to really have two main traits about yourself. You know, keep that visionary aspect, be a dreamer, think big, but also remember that you have to start doing things. So be a doer. I think it's that balance that's really going to get you ahead and get you far because 
you're going to have that big idea. You're going to chase after it, but you're going to have the, the good habits to actually get shit done. So that would be my advice. And, and I think that I've learned that along the way, and it's really helped me with the day-to-day as well as the big picture. If you're interested in becoming a board baller, you can definitely learn about us on boardballsport.com. We have rules set up there. We have ambassador programs set up there. We have our origin and just our background of like, who's the team. Um, And we're very active on social media. TikTok's our our biggest channel, I would say. We're very active there and Instagram for sure as well. So just look up boardballsport on any of the major social uh, media platforms or boardballsport.com. My name is Blessing Turvignani. I'm founder and CEO of uh, Ogea Corp. And uh, we are looking to harness uh, energy from uh, deep current waves. Uh, we started off as a, um, started the company as a uh, uh, augmented reality company. Uh, we were all f- uh, in physics students in nanotechnology and energy systems. And we wanted to use what we'd learned from uh, our nanotechnology courses to try and make a company. Um, so we're really good with uh, working with uh, nanomaterials. So uh, we started off trying to use uh, transparent diodes to make holograms. Um, over the pandemic, we pivoted to uh, trying to make turbines more robust for use in uh, oceans, kind of the pipeline. Well, there's a lot of research on tidal power. There isn't just uh, a lot of funding. It's a very um, new field. Um, it's rather early on in its infancy. Um, Currently, we are trying to validate our own solution to um, the corrosion problem of putting um, turbines in the ocean. Yeah, uh, that's basically the gist of it. Well, we started off in the Brilliant Catalyst Incubator. We won uh, the Firefly Fund and we worked at the ICTC as uh, market researchers in our own um, field kind of. So uh, we had a few grants and money to uh, incorporate and get a website, build a domain. And then we participated in the David Parmenter pitch competition. We came in third place. Uh, That was when we were still trying to use um, nanotechnology to make holograms. Uh, We were an augmented reality company at the time. Uh, From there, we didn't really find much traction for that. So we pivoted to trying to provide uh, power from the ocean. And uh, what we stuck on was uh, making existing hydroelectric turbines more robust to ocean conditions so that we can produce power from there. After that, we tried to um, apply for the SDTC. Uh, They led us and said that uh, we needed approval from partnered uh, accelerator. That's when we went to the innovation factory and then we applied to be part of the lines there. And then that's how we got into that. Uh, it's been an experience. I've gotten quite a bit out of it. I think um, some pitch training. I learned a lot about how um, investments work, how to court uh, angel investors and the like. Um, I made quite a few connections that I'm going to be using going forward. Uh, overall, it was a very good experience. You could make a pretty much infinite power from uh, using waves, right? It's already, you don't need to use fuel. All the fuel is already there. The earth has rotational energy already. Uh, It has convection currents in the water from its own heat. You don't need to apply fuel to this power source. Potentially limitless uh, fuel that runs as long as the planet's around. 
um, that could be applied anywhere with no real, um, as long as the infrastructure is there. Um, there isn't an efficiency issue because, um, well, the currents will run 24 seven and also water is uh, 400 times more dense than air. So you will actually get more bang for your buck uh, putting turbines in the ocean. Um, there isn't any like uh, weird geopolitics, like for instance, one of the most robust uh, nuclear reactors is actually in Cuba, but they can't uh, get nuclear fuel because, well, there's an embargo, right, for fissile material for them. So it's a really good um, neutral option. There's no real downsides to it. It's just a bit expensive because, again, like I said, it's in its infancy. Science is always uh, improving, and uh, that's one thing that uh, uh, you need to remember for innovate for any kind of invention or innovation. Uh, for instance, one of our first uh, nanoparticles, graphene, was only invent invented in 2004, the Nobel Prize for it given out in 2010. So this is a really new development that we can uh, use these nanomaterials, these uh, nano coatings to apply and apply it to machinery or uh, a structure in order to give it uh, particles without too much, um, without deviating too much from design. Most of the most populated regions on Earth are near like um, to, to water, so large bodies of water and coastlines, because we need water to drink. And also when you're crossing the uh, Atlantic, usually people just set up uh, wherever they landed. So what we're hoping to do is to be able to power uh, as many cities as possible from the coastline and uh, alleviate kind of the energy burden and not have to invest in less efficient um, alternative energy sources or even harmful ones to try and alleviate this uh, energy crisis we find ourselves in. Uh, how we're going to fit into this future is um, really we're trying to uh, approach this agilely because we're so early on in our uh, business uh, life cycle. Uh, if we can build the turbines and install them ourselves, we'll do that. If it's better to build the turbines and then hand them off to someone else to install it for a fee, we could do that as well. Or if we're just coding someone else's turbines, that is also a possibility. We're really trying to stay flexible this early in our uh, life cycle. All of our contact information is on our website, uh, augercorp.com, A-U-G-E-R-E-C-O-R-P.com. Our contact information, uh, a brief spiel, you know, Elena Vita pitch is on there. Um, some instructional videos and files showing what we're trying to do. It's all on there. Uh, anyone uh, who could uh, possibly help us uh, validate our solution with uh, lab access or um, anyone willing to uh, give us funding to, you know, get this endeavor off the ground, you know, go ahead, give us a call, give us, send an email, um, get in touch. I would love to hear from you. Hi, I'm Erica Reyes and I'm the co-founder and CEO of Inuit. And we help uh, consumers support local restaurants and enjoy their takeout waste-free. Inuit was born for, for this passion of uh, inspiring more people to take climate action. Um, myself and the whole Inuit team we became environmentalists by accident. We didn't have any connection with sustainability at all. 
And it was through single-use plastics that we started to understand and connect our actions with the broader impact. And it was through single-use plastics that we started to decrease our carbon footprint. We believe that reducing in the takeout industry can become the getaway to inspire more people to take climate action. I think it's coming from a huge empathy and love for others that were just uh, that are just like us seven years ago, because the climate crisis is so complex and it's so difficult and it's so overwhelming uh, sometimes to feel like, okay, climate climate change is real. We see it. We are already living on on the beginning of it. What can I do as an individual? Do I have options? And it's also coming from a huge sadness and frustration of walking into supermarkets and everything being wrapped in plastics. Like, it's incredible. I can't understand why we are still producing single-use plastics. But at the same time, I do, because seven years ago, I didn't make any interconnections of my professional and personal choices. So that's, I think that's the beginning of how Inuit was born. And that's actually what Inuit means. It's our inward awareness of right and wrong. And uh, yeah, I, I think how everything went out of the ground was by interacting with local businesses, restaurants and uh, community members that were uh, worried about their, their waste. And we started to realize and to merge all the dots together to create the first Canadian Zero Waste Takeout app. What we have is um, we set up restaurants with our reusable containers. Every container has an NFC tag, the same technology we use when we borrow a library book. We onboard restaurants and uh, then uh, you as a user, what you see on the front uh, end is a list of our restaurant partners and their delicious menus. You only worry about selecting what you are craving for tonight, uh, for your tonight's dinner. And that's it. You can track your order. And when you go and pick up your food, your food is served in our beautiful reusable containers. Your account will be loaded um, already with the containers uh, you borrow. And uh, then you have seven days to bring back your containers to any participating location. The faster you do it, the more points you will earn. And yeah, so we are trying to gamify the experience of uh, returning containers and having a new habit of reusing in 2022. Today, the most exciting part is that 100% of our containers are coming back to us within seven days. Uh, during, during the last uh, six, seven months, we have been developing on our uh, minimum viable product. We started to pilot in one neighborhood with three restaurants and we um, quickly started to gain more restaurants. Today, we have 13 restaurants in the network. Uh, we have about 500 users and we started to, to think about, okay, so what we have done in a month today, uh, we need to do it 17 times every single day. How do we do it? 
and one of our team members uh, experienced uh, lion's lair uh, before COVID and he loved it so much. So he was telling us, we have to be there. It's like full of social innovation and everyone is very passionate about uh, uh, supporting um, inno innovative solutions to solve the most critical social and environmental issues in, in Canada. So we applied, we got in, uh, we, we were part of the finalists. And uh, that's actually the way I, I ended up uh, pitching uh, at uh, the Lion's Lair and we got all this beautiful experience. Uh, I think that for us, the biggest benefit first, I'm gonna talk about all the benefits we got. Uh, and then the main one, we were able to do networking uh, with other like-minded founders. We had very high quality content and we were able to meet in person with such wonderful companies giving us feedback to our product, to our company and how can we improve it. And I think that the biggest uh, reward we, we got uh, is that I am the person that is always pitching the company. English is my second language. And I was so stressed uh, to, to film a pitch and to be recorded. And I think I got a lot of empathy from, from the leadership team and uh, they matched match me up with, um, with a public speaking uh, professional. And I think that's the most um, rewarding part of the whole, the whole competition, that they are not looking at you as a number or as just a, a person to be show, showcased, but they really care about helping you drive, helping you to improve as a, as a founder and to uh, communicate better your, your uh, message. And I had these sessions, these wonderful sessions, and I feel that I, I got super empowered by by my coach and I love it. What is coming next for Inuit is actually coming back to, to our community. We want to serve best uh, over 500 users. We want to make sure they have enough uh, options for them that for every month, every week, they're craving something. They can support local restaurants and the planet at the same time. And of course, we are doing that uh, with the dream of growing to more communities, more neighborhoods, more cities across Canada. Uh, and it doesn't matter if we are just, if we end up just being in Toronto or in the neighborhood we are today, but we want to make sure we are serving every single community person in the Inuit community in the best way. And uh, we, we, we are hoping to go to, to more cities, uh, not only to the may, major cities, but to all, uh, all cities in, in Canada. We believe that Canadians, we really care about this issue and we are ready to, to make this shift. Don't feel overwhelmed by climate change but rather to look into what you are doing today. Focus on, on the positive. 
focus on, uh, okay, maybe today I took my bicycle. Uh, yeah, maybe my cheese was wrapped in plastic, but what are those positive options and choices you are making and keep increasing them? I, I want to leave also a little message on how do we want to arrive to 2030 uh, today as, as an individual, as a collective. And I want us to arrive feeling proud, feeling proud that we did all we could do and, and even a little bit more. That doesn't matter what the future looks like. We did all it was in our hands. My name is James Johnson. I am the founder and CEO of TS Pro One. We essentially build germ prevention products for the commercial and public restroom. And we are manufacturing here in Canada and China. Essentially, about like seven years ago, you know, after lifting the toilet seat uh, in my own home, as well as in the public domain, it's always been um, a pretty much formidable task, right, in terms of cleanliness, right? I'm a pretty uh, admin person when it comes to being clean. So I just figured, you know what, I'm going to build something to see if I could use it right in my own home. And then so it just basically blossomed from there uh, in terms of the construction of the device, the design specs, you know, as well, I did everything myself. I was very fortunate and stuff that I have this, I guess, artistic uh, way uh, that I, I'm not an engineer, but I was able to design and, and actually build a prototype in my home. So it's been a long road, but I think uh, in terms of the public domain that this has just been an ongoing problem uh, for over 150 years, I guess, since we had the modern toilet. And of course, uh, that has to do with the germs and contaminants. We do have a prototype, uh, an initial market validation model uh, that we have done some pilots and is also working with the advisors in the UK for the uh, British Toilet Association, which they're a nonprofit organization that deals with modern innovation of public toilets, as well as other restroom products. So we validated our first model and we're on to the second one with the uh, linseed auto sanitization. My initial contacts was through a third party. Um, I believe it was NRC. So my contact there were applying for the Ontario Government Program, Ontario Together Program, which was about a year, a year and a half ago through the pandemic. And then that representative had learned, of course, our company, right, what we're doing, and then referred us over to Caitlin over at Innovation Factory. And from there, uh, she's been, I have to say, she's been fantastic. Andrea and Caitlin and Shannon have been fantastic through the journey. They made it very easy for me to understand the services and products and, um, and the ongoing seminars and webinars uh, in terms of entrepreneurs like myself before starting out referred me to many individuals and other companies and manufacturers in the industry. The value is actually endless value. I'm going to say it's immense value. The, the actual experience in uh, having to pitch, of course, for the first time, the video and the whole uh, process going forward with the courses and the other information seminars up until the acceptance uh, being the final 16, uh, which was a real exciting moment for myself, of course, being a new entrepreneur, right? Trying to bring this product to market, uh, that it was a great experience working with her and with the other finalists as well. 
essentially you can install it on any toilet basin. So we have two different sizes. Of course, you have the uh, elongated commercial uh, version, and then you have the standard version. So there are many businesses in the public domain as well as government that have the elongated, which is the commercial version toilet basin. So, you know, ours, ours is be retrofitted on pretty much on any North American and European toilet basin. It could be like in any environment. Uh, it is that one product that it's so prevalent um, across the board when it comes to this problem of lifting the toilet seat and being exposed to the plume effect germs of, of course, COVID-19 and, 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 and other, other germs as well. So, so we are, we have such a huge vision in terms of, of like putting this everywhere, but we really want to focus on the most important segmented markets, which is senior care homes, retirement, uh, healthcare, uh, hospitals, medical centers as our first course of business. I think that that's most, uh, most important because of what's happening with COVID and other future pandemics. And of course, schools and then restaurants, et cetera, afterwards. So we, we have this grand vision and, you know, of course, that this product's going to evolve into uh, a fully automated device that's going to clean your toilet through your cell phone. So you'll be able to clean everything, right? So that's the, the whole, the, the end mission there and stuff, just to get to that point. So what we're looking at, uh, because we're at the prototype stage, we and, and of course that we established these connections uh, to, through our advisors in the UK, uh, uh, through the British Toilet Association, as well as the American Restroom Association, that this uh, demonstration that we're going to be doing later on in the year, after we get the ISO certification um, as an assistive device for users, um, that we're going to be demoing it. So we're going to be obviously seeking, obviously a piloting phase uh, with our large con with our contacts in the UK throughout several hospitals. So we're going to, you know, need funding in terms of the initial low volume orders, um, and that in itself, you know, is something that we're looking for. Um, it's still it's still in its first stages and stuff, and we still have to perfect the actual uh, seat sanitation, uh, auto sanitation component and stuff. Uh, look with the lid and seat combination. Um, so, so the actual uh, we're seeking that seat funding right in order to go forward to satisfy these low volume orders or these low volume pilots that we're going to do with our contacts in the UK. You could, of course, contact me through email, uh, which is james at tspro1.com. Um, we are located in Vaughan, Ontario, and um, we're really excited about this project, especially with these contacts in the UK. And we're going to hopefully going to look for some government funding actually for international business expansion. So, um, yes, we're really hoping that this works out because I believe, truly believe, I'm a very critical person of everything I do, working with another startup uh, that I have, uh, that I'm working right now in this business. And uh, so, so we, you know, truly believe that the money that we put in already and the people that we have on board, as well as um, acquiring more advisors uh, and more connections to the British Cleaning Council, uh, that, that is going to be a game changer. Thanks for listening. Make sure you're subscribed so you never miss an episode. And please consider rating and reviewing as it helps others to find the show. For more information or to listen to past episodes, go to povhamilton.com.